And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to our little podcast. It is called On Deck, and Stephen J. Nesbitt is gone, and we again today are uh, reaping all the benefits. We have Caitlin McGrath here with us today. I'm Levi Weaver. Caitlin uh, usually covers the Toronto Blue Jays. Today we are going to have her talk about completely different teams. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, we let her off easy last time uh, she got to talk about the Blue Jays. But today uh, we have a few topics for you. We're going to talk about the Reds and the Yankees. They are both sliding uh, a little bit coming out of the All-Star break. We have our series of the week, and we are going to get into the arcade, as we call it. We are going to have our arms race. And Caitlin's filling in for Steven, so pick a really terrible starting pitcher, please. Caitlin, how uh, has your week gone so far? It's been good. Um, the Blue Jays have been in action at home, so I've been following that. And, you know, I think I'm actually doing a good job so far in the Homer chase in terms of playing for Team Levi because the player that I picked has not even played in a game yet. I did not realize that he had, or I, I don't know if it was like reported, but calf tightness for Dever. So let's hope, uh, uh, yeah. I think you're doing great. I hope what happens, not for your sake, but just because I know it would drive Steven nuts, is I hope he loses by one home run at the end of the year, <laughs> and it's because of this week where Devers hit none. Our topic of the week this week, we have a couple of teams that uh, have, have slash had playoff uh, designs coming out of the All-Star break that have just completely crashed and burned a little bit it's only been what we're looking at five games it'll be six by the time this airs but the yankees are one and four the reds are zero and five in those five games coming out of the all-star break what's happening why the reds were so exciting for like two weeks what happened i mean in baseball you see this a lot where a team can just get really hot for you know a short amount of time remember when we were talking about like the pittsburgh pirates potentially winning the central and now they're back to where we all thought they would be in last place. Um, and so like sometimes teams can just go on a really great run. They can win a bunch of games in a row and they can look like, wow, like this team is really going for it as a really great team. And then sort of they come back down to earth. Like there's always that expression where it's like a team is never as really as good as when they're going good and never really as bad as when they're going bad. It's always somewhere in the middle. And they, so I think you're seeing that to some extent with the Reds are just coming back down to earth. They're still like a young rebuilding team that probably isn't quite ready to be a legit playoff contender, although I'm not saying that they're not going to hang around in the race a little bit. And, and the Yankees team, like, that's a team where, like, that's a team built around Aaron Judge. I've watched enough Yankees, and basically the trajectory of their season has gone on a downward slope as soon as they've lost Aaron Judge. That's not a coincidence. Like, he drives their offense. Um, he did so last year at a record-breaking year. He did so when he was playing this year. And they just don't have a deep lineup. They've had a lot of injuries, and then you beg 
you have to ask the question of like, well, like maybe they're a team that's built around too many old injury prone players. And that's, you know, that's not a recipe for success if you're the Yankees. I've been watching the Yankees Angels series because uh, I want to get a feel for what the vibes are like with Otani around his teammates. And I am prone to some of the same whimsical fancy that others in the world are prone to and, and thinking that I can read the room by watching a game on TV, which I know is ridiculous, right? But I, I just I kind of want to see what's going on with them. So I've watched those last two games. And my goodness, Yankees, do you want the Angels to trade Shohei Otani or not, because if they keep winning, they're not going to do it. If there's a chance that they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to keep him. Uh, The Yankees, of course, speaking of whimsical fancy, although they sometimes follow through on it, would like to think that they are perhaps in the running for being one of those teams to acquire Otani. Uh, Yeah, well, not if you can't beat the Angels and just you're giving them hope. You are giving them hope. On the Reds' end, man, I'm looking at the scores uh, of the five games. And again, this is going to broadcast on July 20th. We are currently, you and I, living in July 19th. But, you know, time traveling from yesterday, the scores in their five games, uh, 1-0, 3-0, 4-3, 2-4. All of a sudden, it's like the Reds have pitching again. And their offense, which was going so great, just... And then they lose 11 to 10. Like the offense comes to life and the pitching is like, okay, good. Everybody's back to our Freaky Friday situation is over. Look, I'm looking at some of these numbers since the All-Star break. And again, this is a five-game sample. And to your point, teams are never as bad as when they're going poorly. Never as good as when they're going great. I think, you know, the Reds right now, the Pirates earlier this year, it's much more magnified when it is to start the season or right out of the All-Star break. Like these are the moments when... I think it's easy to mentally sort of reset and go, okay, it's the second half, even though mathematically we're already well into the second half. A five-game losing streak is not the end of the world, but Ellie De La Cruz, literally since the All-Star break, a 145, not batting average, OPS. Like, that's real bad. Spencer Steer, a 481 OPS. Uh, TJ Friedel, a 200 OPS. So you've got some guys that are really not going well. Even the guys that are going well, Matt McClain has a 907 OPS since the All-Star break. He's still got a 33% strikeout rate. Oh, by the way, De La Cruz, a 52.4% strikeout rate since the All-Star break. Not what you want. No, and and he also tends to get some walks. He only has a 4.8% walk percentage since the All-Star break. I still... I recognize i'm like waving this flag going i know it's small sample i know it is it's five games right but it's a very bad five games if there's some glimmer of hope for him it's also that he has a 111 babip since the all-star break which is a combination of bad luck and with as hard as he tends to hit the ball probably extremely bad luck so this could this could be flipped you know pretty easily i would like to think but yeah man If they can do the pitching like they've done those first four games and have the offense like they've been for the last month or so, not counting those four games, I think they're still an exciting team. But to your point, they're probably just not quite there yet. They're very young. It looks like they're set up to be good for quite a while. Sentimentally, I want them to do it while Votto is there. I want him to to be able to get his moment in the sun. But yeah, so those two teams very much struggling coming out of the All-Star break. Watch, they're both going to win tonight and make us look silly by the time this broadcasts. That would be always the way. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So for our series of the week, Caitlin, you've got the Rays and the Orioles. We're looking at two of the best teams uh, in the American League. Um, And in fact, if not for the Braves, maybe potentially the two best teams in baseball uh, playing each other. What you got? Well, like you said off the top, I'm not talking about the Jays this time, but I'm not going far because I'm staying within the division. Um, But you know what? It's a very exciting division, the American League East. We thought it would be a tough division. I think it's been even tougher. I believe it is the only division where all teams are already at 50 wins. So very good division. And what's so exciting about this Orioles and Rays series is we could actually potentially see a change in the at the top of the division for like basically the first time since the start of the season. We all remember the Rays got off to such a hot start with that was an eight game win streak. Um, and or was it more than that? I have it written down as a 75 game win streak to start this. Oh, season, okay. So. That was it. That was it. Whatever. They won a lot in a row at the top and they have been basically leading the division ever since. And right now I looked this up. So basically Back on June 15th, the Rays had a five-game lead over the Orioles. They had an 83.6% chance to win the division. That's Fangraph's projected playoff odds. And so the Orioles, contrast, had about a 5% chance to win the division. Now, on July 19th, when we're recording this, the Rays just have a one-game lead on the Orioles. And the Rays' uh, odds to win the division are down to 65%. Still pretty good, but down to 65 whereas the Orioles are now up to about 18%. So still kind of long odds, but definitely moving in the right direction. So we could actually see a change in the division lead. They're playing a four-game series. Um, Like I said, they could be going into that series either uh, a game back. The Orioles could be a game back. They could be tied. They could be, you know, right there within striking distance of taking the lead in the division. So that's what I'm watching. And the Rays team, we've talked a lot about them in the sense that their offense got off to such a strong start, was really one of the better offenses uh, in baseball almost for the entire first half. And it has been struggling lately. Um, They're down to like, you know, in July, their weighted runs created plus is 78, which is basically bottom of the uh, bottom of baseball whereas the Orioles they've just been kind of like a steady balanced team the one thing you want to watch out for is actually if you look at the standings the Orioles are probably pretty lucky they have a very good one run record they have a 16 and 9 record in one run games whereas the Tampa Bay Rays actually have a 14 and 17 record so they have a losing record in one run game. So that's the thing that if you look at like run differential, the Rays should actually still have like a healthy lead in the division. But you know, baseball doesn't work like that sometimes, right? Like, you know, teams get lucky. You win some games that you don't deserve to win. You lose some games that you do deserve to win. Um, so I'm really excited for this series because like you said, this is like two of the best teams in the American League, potentially two of the best teams in all of baseball. Uh, we might finally see a change in the American League. And then you have, you know, other teams that are also chasing the Rays as well. And So, you know, that's why I'm looking forward to that series. I am going to make a clean segue because 
Both of the teams that you just mentioned just lost a series to both of the teams that I am about to mention. The Orioles, at time of recording, have lost two of three to the Dodgers. That could end up being a sweep. The Rays, by the way, have lost the first two against the Rangers. Uh, That could either be 2-1 or also a sweep. I mean, I give you grief about talking about the Blue Jays last time. The Rangers have been an exciting team this year, so they've come up quite a bit. And also, it just happens to be the team that I'm kind of... You know that I grew up watching, that I covered for seven years, so that's naturally going to be what I what I turn on a lot of nights. And um, and by the way, you're right. The Rays' offense has not looked great the last couple of nights in Texas. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know if this is good scouting or if they are just going through one of those things that that teams go through. But it does not look like the same group of mashers that we were seeing in April and May. Rangers and Dodgers, by the way, uh, are in first place. The Rangers are 5-0 and at time of recording, coming out of the break. And they've done it against two teams who were, at least at time of the beginning of the series, in first place. No, I know the Guardians. First place in the AL Central doesn't really count. It's like <laughs> it doesn't count. No. It's like being valedictorian when you are homeschooled. It's not like <laughs> you still get to say you were valedictorian, but does it really count? And by the way, now they're not even valedictorian of the AL Central because the Twins are in first place now. Meanwhile, the Dodgers have done what we kind of expected them to do. They've come back uh, into the lead in the NL West, have overtaken the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks, I think last I looked for now in, in third place. Um in in the division the dodgers offense has been about what we expected it to be has been pretty good they've had so many injuries in the starting rotation this is not new news i think we'll see a high scoring series andrew heaney has not been the same pitcher that he was last year with the dodgers martin perez has not been the same pitcher that he was last year when he made the all-star team for the rangers meanwhile both offenses have just been absolutely rolling one exciting, exciting, I don't know, it might be fun if you're a Rangers fan story. Alex Spees was called up on Wednesday. Spees was a second round pick for the Rangers in 2016. He pitched from 2019 through 2021, a total of 16 and a third innings. Took 2022 off. He went and coached high school baseball. It was like, I think the idea at the time was maybe that he had retired at a young age. Came back this year, has been throwing absolute gas. Oh, by the way, his ERA in 2021 was 11.15. Has been throwing absolute gas, has a one ERA between AA and AAA this year, has 59 strikeouts in, I forgot to write it down, innings, but it's quite a bit fewer than 59 innings. He was called up uh, today, added to the 40-man roster. So the Rangers have added now to their bullpen, Aroldis Chapman, and now have added Alex Spees. He will make his debut at some point very, very soon. And um, the downside of that, because you can never just have good news in this sport, Taylor Hearn was designated for assignment. Shout out to Taylor Hearn, who was always one of the coolest guys to talk to in the clubhouse. His AAA numbers are pretty good, and I fully expect that he's going to land somewhere else in the big leagues very soon. But as for this series, uh, the Rangers have not announced their starters. The Dodgers have uh, Tony Gonsolin, Bobby Miller, and Emmett Sheehan, who I'm sure we all expected would be starting for the Dodgers as they take on another first place team here right before the trade deadline. As far as Rangers and Dodgers, I'm curious which one of them, I'm sure it will be both. Like how will these rotations look different on August 1st? You you wouldn't have thought that the Rangers would need starting pitching coming into this season. They had DeGrom, Evaldi, Heaney, Perez, and John Gray. And uh, Evaldi and Gray have turned out great. Dane Dunning has been a surprise. Uh, He's been very good, but I don't know. I, I think they still just need one more starter. As for the bullpen, I think, let's see what Spees does. It could be fun. He could be one of those great uh, stories of guys to root for after it looks like they're out of the sport. 
And then meanwhile, the Dodgers, they just, they, they can't, they cannot just rely on rookie starting pitchers the rest of the year. So there's my series preview, which is less about the series and more about um, Alex Bees, who I think is, is neat. That's a fun story. I love those stories. Honestly, those are the best. That's great. One of my favorite stories that I wrote covering the Rangers was, um, I mean, well, Austin Bibbins Dirks was one of those guys. He had a weird name. So that was fun. Brandon Mann had been in pro ball for like 13 years, 14 years, and finally made his debut on Mother's Day uh, right after his mother-in-law had passed away. And it's like, and baseball does this type of thing very well, where they just sort of present you this underdog. I mean, what was it? Drew Magi, is that how you pronounce it? Earlier this year, he was another one of those guys. I don't think Alex Spies necessarily qualifies as that. Like he's not in his mid-30s and looks like a high school gym teacher, but he literally was a high school baseball coach last right. year. So yeah. he's still young, but it is a fun comeback story for him. So God bless baseball for all it does to help us believe in, in uh, the underdogs. Yeah, as Brad Pitt once said, how can you not be romantic about baseball? It is time for us to step into our On Deck Arcade. It is our, uh, our arms race. And I just am now realizing that I forgot to look up the arms race numbers for last year. Listeners, uh, I apologize for not doing that. But basically, I did not win because my pitcher did not pitch. So... Let's let Caitlin fill in for Stephen J. Nesbitt. Caitlin, who, I'm going to let you go first. Who is your, your starting pitcher this week, your arms race hero? Okay, so I'll admit I sort of still don't fully understand what I'm picking here. It's like there's a very complicated score that I'm looking at in the spreadsheet. And so I am going to just stick to what I know, which everybody knows right now is apparently the American League East Division, what can I say? But I'm going to go with Tyler Glasnow. He's going to pitch for the race uh, against the Orioles. It's going to be a big game, like I said, like I talked about. This is a big series, big moment for both of those teams. And Glasnow's been pretty good since he's come back. He's a a great pitcher. He strikes a lot of guys out. Um, He's kind of key to the Rays right now. They've had so many injuries in their rotation. They've lost Rasmussen for the season. They've lost Springs for the season. So they've kind of got a good like trio going with Glasnow and Eflin and um, McClanahan, obviously, but they're going to need a lot from those guys. Um, It's the Rays. They produce pitchers, um, you know, basically out of a factory or something. I don't know how it totally works, but they're able to produce a lot of pitchers, but they really need a lot from their guys. So I'm going to bet that Tyler Glasnow uh, is going to step up, um, going to be able to carve up the Orioles strike a lot of guys out. That's what I'm hoping for Steven. So maybe he'll forgive me for picking uh, Devers, who apparently is not playing this week. Yeah, the Orioles have a good offense. I am not taking the challenge. I'm trying to take the easy slam dunk. I've got Garrett Cole against the Kansas City Royals, who I expect will become the first pitcher in Major League history to throw a negative hitter, where somehow the Royals get negative one or negative two hits in that game. I somehow had not picked a Yankee yet this year, so that seems like a pretty good bet you've got the all-star starting pitcher versus um an offense that looks like it was designed by homer simpson so hopefully this is going to work out for hopefully this is going to work out well for me which obviously means that garrett cole's face is going to fall (laughs) off and somehow tyler glasnow is going to pitch 14 innings and strike out 89 guys can't wait yeah that sounds about right. You know what? I'll take the win. I'll take the win for Steven because I feel like we're losing the home run chase. Hey, we got you as a guest for an entire week. 
we are all taking the win. Thank you, Caitlin, for joining us this week. Um, Stephen's fired. You are welcome to join us at any time. And uh, thank you to everyone listening. Please stick around. Next up in the feed of the Athletic Baseball Show is the 3-0 Show with DVR. Britt Giroli and Eno Saris as they talk about Lord knows what. I'm sure it's going to be statistics. Uh, Eno's brain is one of my favorite things about this industry, and uh, it's going to be a good time. Thanks for joining us. Caitlin, thank you for joining us. Peace. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.